0: back everyone to the horror shed podcast i'm your beautiful co-host jared down below we have the infamous south jersey jason
1: how are you doing tonight sir i'm doing good how are you doing i feel like we haven't recorded in forever we haven't it. that's
0: been about three weeks <laughs> yeah but uh, i just got back from uh new orleans
1: orleans new orleans how'd that go
0: it was hot yeah. very hot and i was dog shit sick but Thanks to Musenex Max, I made it through it.
1: There you go. I'm not now w- I saw you had uh some vials of blood.
0: Vials of blood.
1: Or a bag of blood.
0: Oh, Terry had a um a blood bag. It's okay. actually if you guys I'll make my screen a little bigger real quick so you can see Freddie drinking out of that blood bag. <laughs> there you go. He's drinking and it's a real blood bag. It's got like vents in it and shit. It's from the uh, Vampire Cafe. Awesome place. They actually look like vampires in there. And the food smelled amazing from what I could smell. It was one of the few smells I had all week. It was in there, and it smelled good. We tried to get back for a dinner meal, but never made it.
1: So what was the drink? Was it like a vodka cranberry?
0: Yeah, I think she had... No, this one she had sangria.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, so it was really awesome.
0: And you went on some haunts, right? Uh, we hit three haunts. We went to the mortuary, which is an 1830s real mortuary. Oh wow! Uh, New Orleans Nightmare, which is just outside of town, and the, the fucking Bell of the Ball was uh, the Thirteenth Gate. We took a day trip to Baton Rouge, and that that haunts the reason why we went to New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans. <laughs> now, did you have any crawfish? Uh, I don't like crawfish. Okay i've had many i'm not a fan um terry ate her weight in po boys though shrimp po boys everywhere we went she got one she loved them
1: yeah po boys are good yeah they're good uh, now you did you tour the was it the madame LaRue mansion we or? you can't tour it
0: it's mm. closed off to the public but the pictures and if i remember Beautiful. i'll throw them in here it's an awesome building yeah so yeah. uh it's very creepy standing outside. It's not in the best part of town of the quarter. So um
1: oh, really? it was kinda
0: like, all right, let's take these pictures and get the fuck out of here. Let's go. <laughs>
1: well, given the history, I can see why, you know. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh now I know you were busy in the Wallens, but did you uh get a chance to watch any movies?
0: Um, I we rewatched, we're on the last episode of Coven, so we rewatched that whole series. Mm. Okay. It's one of my favorite on the uh, American horror story.
1: Yeah, it's probably one of the last good uh, seasons. No, nah, hotel was awesome. Mm, really? Okay. I, oh I liked it with like, you know, um oh, what's the guy's name that lived at lived at the hotel? Uh-huh. Um Um H. H. Holmes Richard Well, Richard Ramirez. Oh, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I felt like I don't know. I mean <sighs> Only saving grace for me was Lady Gaga, you know, because I went Gaga over Gaga. Yeah, um, so, yeah, she was uh, amazing in that show. Yeah, I think uh, I think my favorite, like, for me, it was I think after maybe Carnival is when it started dipping down. You know, see, I wasn't a big fan of Freak Show. Oh, Freak Show, that's what it's called. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I liked um, the
0: killer clown aspect of Freak Show, but that was about yeah,
1: twisty, 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 twisty tasty. Yeah. yeah, that was, and the and the fun part was finding out that it was John Carroll Lynch, Drew Carey's brother. That was, I mean, never would have guessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was. But really uh, good.
0: yeah, we uh, we uh, walked the cemetery, went to the voodoo museum,
1: mm.
0: went to the pharmacy museum
1: the pharmacy museum yeah it's
0: a it's a really cool museum it's kind of short but it's like the history of pharmacy like all the crazy shit like cocaine for everything uh heroin for headaches like um butt plugs to keep you regular at night
1: keep you regular at night Uh, yeah i figured that would keep you
0: i i guess it keeps the hole open bro (laughs) i don't know that's just what the fucking paper said
1: my bunny is on she said oh my god
0: And uh, one of the best excursions we did was well, we went through a plantation, beautiful building. We got Mm -hmm. I got so many pics of that. When you're over, I'll show you instead of sending you like four thousand. Um, I love that camera. The camera's amazing. But um, the World War II museum, the National World Uh. War II museums in New Orleans, and oh my God, it's fucking huge. and it has like haunt like sets like when you're in the like africa scene you're in Mm. like the desert when you're in um the islands it looks like the freaking islands japan you're in a submarine
1: oh nice it was
0: really cool really well done it was probably one of my favorites of the trip okay and it's it's long it was at least a two-hour tour nice and you start no, off not, not a three hour tour. No, no, no. We didn't get on any ships. We did get on a fake train, though. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. It was a Union Pacific. That's how you start.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we I mean... did the a... Yeah. The pictures you sent me were beautiful. That's like one of the places I want to go eventually. Uh, New Orleans, So it was worth it. I mean,
0: I don't know if I'll go back. One like... of them. Yeah. I mean, Salem's still the top Halloween town for me.
1: Oh, of course. I, yeah. s- I still
0: need to check out Sleepy Hollow, but I d- I don't think it's going to compare to either one of them.
1: Yeah, Dave Brown took his daughter to Sleepy Hollow, um, the weekend of Friday thirteenth, uh-huh. and man, those pictures were beautiful with like the leaves yeah. and everything. Oh man, and I'm that's really another thing.
0: New Orleans doesn't really have Halloween. I mean, some of the houses are decorated, but there's no yeah. leaves, there's no pumpkins, there's no nothing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, the French Quarter was really cool being in, but I'm not a drinker. So, like, a lot of it was just bars, 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 See, bars. See, I would bars. just do,
1: like, the blood bag, and then, like, the grenade or something. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 that's, like, the only two drinks I would try. But, I mean, it, um,
0: it's really cool to walk there. Parking wasn't terrible. I think we paid 20 bucks for all day. Not bad. And the Quarter's actually a lot bigger. Oh, uh, we got, uh, Rick. Rick Paulton from the whole damn Enchilada podcast.
1: Atlanta.
0: He did a good job for me this year.
1: Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I guess he'll keep him around for a little bit. huh? Yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll work
0: on the, uh, the thumbs and the cameras, but I'm training these guys. It was the first year I let them use video. Damn noobs. I know. <laughs> but yeah, but it was a good trip. I just wish I wasn't sick. Like,
1: yeah. It, well, I, I hear you. I got con crud. Yeah. Know? You got the con I got the con Um, so I went to Chiller and totally different atmosphere than a horror convention, and okay. which I knew going in. It was no, I mean, it was a two years old to 90 years old, basically, the attendees, because you have people from the movies from the 50s to, you know, yeah. early 2000s. Some people, I was in the episode of Knight Rider. I'm at Chiller. Like, it's my friend was like, I'm a huge Knight Rider fan. Where did this chick come from? So I looked her up. She was in one episode. Ah, okay. And, uh, <laughs> um, very easy ride. Um, hotel, it was uh the Hilton. And uh, I have to say Hilton. And, you know, this is what pisses me off. Okay, this is my grinds my gear of the week. Okay. You have a convention, They've been they've been using this hotel for I, I don't know. Chiller's been around for like 35 years. Have they been using this hotel for 35 years? I don't know. But these guys must be doing something right to be in business for 35 years. Okay. It was plenty spacious. It's not like Cherry Hill. Okay. It was you went from a 50 degree weather day the day before to 81 degrees the day after why is it so hot in your hotel and it's cooler outside and yeah there was a lot of people but some rooms were cold some rooms were hot what was going on so the grinds my gear part is it's not the it's not the people putting on a convention that you should be yelling at it's the hotel okay don't yell at the convention uh, promoters because your are ho- the hotel didn't provide a microwave or a refrigerator. Yeah. You knew that going in. Okay. Guess if you read like what's included in your room, it'll tell you. Okay. It's not, it's not the promoters of the event. It's Hilton. Yell at Hilton. So that's my grinds, in my gear. So yeah, so there wasn't really a lot of horror. I mean there was like a handful of horror people. Um but you know you had the Willy Wonka reunion, you had um, a Baywatch person, you had Webster, you had 90210, uh, Danny Glover. Um, the one thing I don't like they're doing now is I'm the stunt guy for the guy in Jeepers Creepers. Come give me 50 bucks and I'll tell you about being a stunt man. I'm not into that. You know, if you're a completist, that's fine, you know? Yeah. Um, that's why like in Friday 13th, Kane Hodder did the majority of his own stunts. And the guy that did stunts for in part eight was in Jason goes to hell. So yeah. there was my, you know, uh, my, I just went for one person, one person only. And that was Peter Billingsley from Christmas story. So they didn't release the times of the photos until Thursday before. Okay. Which, okay. Me going into it thinking, Oh, they're going to be busy. Their 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 autograph, so I want to get there as early as possible. So I got I got to the hotel about ten o'clock and plenty of parking. You know, I didn't have to worry about anything. I had to walk like three minutes, you know. But the only thing that sucks is the one entrance at the hotel, which is kind of like the front entrance, is actually the exit of the of the con. So to check in, I had to walk all the way around. which is like another 10 minutes that's crazy it's kind of funny though because i got to see eric estrada yell at his assistant
0: (laughs) why the fuck is eric estrada still making money at these things
1: from what i hear the guests love him he's like really awesome you know Uh um so and then uh who else walked in front of me uh chuck zito (laughs) (laughs) so and when did the hell's angels become so they were they had a table there yeah they um they do a lot of uh profit i mean not profit um charity work which surprised me because when you think of the hell's angels you just hear the stories of like when they were security for rolling stones concert well that's know? why they
0: do uh charity work
1: <laughs> they have lifelong probation for a community service probably um so i wasn't scared of them you know there was a guy that was uh um What do they call um, most sunset energy when you were uh, like a new guy? They're the um, prospect.
0: That's it. I wanted to
1: be like prospect. Give me a bitch beer or give me a beer, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So Chuck Zito was there. It was funny because they had him as a guest, but he looked more like a vendor than a guest. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for the guest of, I mean, props to them in the main lobby, like where like the, um, bar is and everything it had it was like probably the hottest part of the hotel there was no fans or nothing I felt sorry for Danny Glover you know fucking Webster wearing a suit jacket didn't break a sweat though you know but um the vendors eh they were okay uh you know again a variation of different things but there was one guy selling NECA figures in the box cheaper than if i bought it from neca oh. like you know five bucks cheaper so um i actually found the toonie terror uh season of the witch figures
0: oh, okay yeah, yeah yeah
1: 20 bucks in the box
0: oh.
1: can't beat that um dave brown got i met dave brown up there and um he got uh quint from jaws okay 30 bucks in the box you know so it's not bad um so getting back to the christmas story tr- when you're there by yourself for the first time, you are going to be nervous. You don't know where to go. It's like you're a freshman on your first day of school. Okay. They give you, there's a, a, there's a, a, um, what do you call it? Um, Map. A map. Yes. Thank you. And inside it has like, you know, different stuff, but it tells you the different rooms, but it's just kind of hard because you're like going like this. It took me about a half an hour to find the room I needed to go to. So, Finally found it. The line to get into the Christmas Story room, ten minute wait, um and then there you buy your what kind of ticket do you, you want? So I just got the eighty dollar basic for for Peter Billingsley, and I was in line for him for maybe another ten minutes. Huh. And goddamn, was I nervous as shit! I think <laughs> I was more nervous meeting him than I was than meeting the Rock. Okay, wow. so you couldn't take a picture with him. But you could take a picture of him, autographing your picture. So the picture I chose was him in a pink nightmare. And the guy's like, wow, no one has really picked that much. The one that a lot of people are picking were the one after he uh, uh, talks to Santa and does that smile, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, but I had to get the pink nightmare outfit, you know. So as I'm talking to him, of course, you know, I'm like. I was like, listen, I said, this is like the ultimate dream come true for me. You were a big part of my childhood and you still are a big part of my holiday season. And he's like, oh, thank you. And he's got this deep voice. And it's so funny because I'm taller than him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I wanted to say, hey, how's Vince Vaughn doing? (laughs) Um, But uh, so as I'm taking a picture of him signing my uh, print, me so nervous I took a picture of just like his hand signing the print and I didn't realize until after I left. (laughs) So I came, I saw, I conquered by the time it was like 1115. I had to wait until six o'clock to uh, do the photo op. So, you know, Dave Brown came and we hung out for about three, four hours, you know, had a beer and whatnot. Um, didn't really run into anybody that i knew from another convention um bathroom wise i wasn't going to the bathroom in that damn hotel you know you know how when you watch a movie and someone's got to really go and the bathroom looks like a garage bath or a uh, 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 gas station bathroom yeah that's how it was so i drove 10 minutes away to go to the bathroom at the uh they call it uh, the quick check which is like a Wawa, and the bathrooms were a little bit better than that but you know <laughs> but I spent you know it was hot outside it was hot inside so I like sat in my car with the AC on um when it came time for the photo op it's a good thing that you they did them last because they were the biggest seller um second runner up would have been the Wonka kids the scene in Christmas story when he goes young man the line ends here it begins there yeah that's how it was Uh, but I was in the beginning of the line. But how? what they did first was they broke it up group photo first and then Peter second. Okay. I wasn't going to spend $300 for a group photo. That's not my budget. So I just did Peter. And God damn, do I hate that photo.
0: <laughs> I have that photo and I'm going to have so much fun with that photo. I look like a goddamn
1: way. creeper. Like, hey, little kid, you want some candy? <laughs>
0: oh lucky for you i didn't load it on
1: oh man maybe i'll just throw it on yeah they're uh they're making they're doing the 40th anniversary so here and SteelCon is the only east coast appearance i think they're doing a total of 10 um events so it's never going to happen again you know um and I'm glad I got to, it's just awesome. But I just couldn't realize how short he was because I figured he looked, he was taller, you know? But he's got to be about five, five, maybe five, six. Oh, so, wow. you know, I'm taller than a Hollywood actor. Let's you know? Oh, you so go. yeah, that was my chiller um, experience. Would I go again? Yeah. Um, if there was someone worthwhile to see, you know? Uh, Cause I'm not really into, like I said, oh, I was on an episode of Knight Rider. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and you know so um i purchased my tickets for nj harcon in april who do they have going i don't know but they were doing a halloween special day passes for 25 dollars, so i saved 10 bucks so that'll be in the show boat um i watched saw x saw 10 okay and you know the last couple of saws just weren't doing it for me this one brought it back to the feeling of the first one oh shit about how good it was and it had to do with tobin bell being like the main actor okay if he was in it for just like here and there it just be not it would just be lackluster to me but it was great oh. and the, the the main uh antagonist no antagonist evil person yeah, yeah. she was a bitch. so um very good because it takes place in between parts one and two okay he does look a, he does look a lot older from you know the original because i mean it's 20 years ago we were almost 20 years ago but great great uh plot i loved it and then i watched um i watched another movie after that and i damn it damn it damn it i don't remember but i started watching until well, i watched a nun Yes, uh, the Nun Two was streaming on Paramount or Peacock. Peacock, yeah. And uh, God damn, is it good! I didn't finish it, but that looks, a, that looks sinister in this one, even more so than the first one. Very cool. So yeah, um, I feel like I watched something else. I just don't remember. Oh, I've been watching the Chucky series. It's awesome. You're gonna love it when you start watching it. Uh, I feel Chucky. They he's more the focal than the other kids, which is good it's Chucky, you know. So um again they're throwing some woke stuff in your face. Um but yeah that was uh that's all what's all been going on. But I knew I watched something else newer it'll probably come to me. Um maybe if I get my phone I can tell you real quick. Did you watch any what did you do for Halloween?
0: Um we had a couple trick or treaters and then we watched Halloween 78 and Halloween two
1: okay Halloween to the 1981 yeah one, right? i don't okay. fuck the rob's halloween too oh i watched five nights of freddy that's what i watched oh uh, yeah so not knowing anything um thank you my bunny for reminding me uh not knowing anything about the video game the books not knowing anything other than the premise i enjoyed it uh give it a watch if you want um it's definitely okay for the younger kids. There's no gore or anything. Yeah, my uh, kids
0: loved it. My kids been waiting 8 years for that freaking movie.
1: Yeah, Matthew Lillard was great in it. You know, he wasn't he didn't have a lot of scenes, but the, he was definitely the scene stealer though. So. Um so definitely check it out. Um, very it wasn't slow paced. I just wish they went into a little bit more history of the children, but they definitely set it up for a sequel and it made some money, so i'm sure we'll get more that it did yeah yeah all right so if there's nothing else you want to talk about do you want to do your like your gear of the week um i had one but i forgot it
0: i just been i'm still dropping haunt videos like it's crazy Um, are you crying inside not yet it's usually about three or four weeks when I start watching, you know, the views go from 3,000 to fucking 12, when I start <laughs> <You're> getting sad. <laughs> hey,
1: uh, all right, Bruce Chandler, you're a good guy. I like <laughs> you. But it is a little too early putting up five freaking Christmas trees.
0: Oh, uh, they took off to do this. They're insane. I don't get Every it. year, November
1: 1st, they do this shit. I hate decorating one christmas tree let alone five
0: yeah and <laughs> i think he's got more than that um yeah we got haunt videos dropping until if this guy gets this video in until november 9th every day so um it's awesome yeah we got the backlog coming in i've been working on the award show it's like a pretty fucking funny um working on live shows we have uh I need to figure out a way to get my laptop to work for live shows because we may be doing the opening of Howler's Hatchet House, a little opening night show for them. Hmm. Where's that at? Columbus, New Jersey.
1: Oh, okay, okay.
0: And I let the uh, owner of Brighton Asylum know that we will be renting that Christmas Story escape room this off season.
1: Oh, he does it during the off season.
0: Oh yeah, they're open year round.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, so we could do it when we head for um our filming location, because it's on the way. Oh, that'd be cool. Because I figure cool. you meet me here, we can mm-hmm. head up the parkway, hit the first stop, head over the Brighton, and then head over there, because it's only an hour escape room.
1: Oh, nice. Okay.
0: Knock out a lot of birds at once, too. We could definitely do that
1: all right so um if there's nothing more uh we'll get into tonight yeah we uh... we, we,
0: guys we haven't talked in a while i've been fucking busy
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know it's been literally two weeks since we last recorded yeah and i I, we
0: haven't even really talked
1: like no we talk every day (laughs) i know
0: it's just been i've been that crazy busy we uh, we went nuts we did six haunts in a row
1: i've been like five all looking out the window.
0: (laughs) <laughs> you fucker mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> now you're making me cough but uh we did the mortuary new orleans nightmare 13th gate flew home and that night went to a haunt then we did um yeah, well, yeah, you,
1: when you told me you you're getting off the plane and going to a haunt I'm like you're crazy oh yeah we did
0: too <laughs> we fucking did we came home we changed our shirts so we hit it <clears throat> And then, um, it was, uh, Bloodshed. It's a drive through haunt, so it's not, you know, demanding. <clears throat> I still right. ended up staying there for hours. Is that where
1: May works at?
0: Yes. Yeah, okay. Because cool. they showed off the, um, <laughs> it's, a, it's one of the best-looking fucking hatchet houses I've ever seen.
1: Mm. It's
0: really cool in there. So I'm looking forward to them finally getting that up. It's gonna be a cool Like, hatchet
1: out. from the movie?
0: No! Um, Howler's, it's an axe-throwing place.
1: Mm mm. I gotcha.
0: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that.
1: Okay. Um, Alright. Anything else?
0: No, let's get into true crime. Let's take a it's fucking a break from we, these movies.
1: Yeah. yeah, maybe we can get these views back up. Um. Alright, so have you seen the movie The Strangers with Liv Tyler? Hell yeah. I watched anything Liv Tyler's in. Did you know it was based off of true events? I did okay so not necessarily a husband and wife that are having marriage woes uh this is actually unfortunately a mother and her children that were murdered uh back in gosh uh 1981 so 42 years ago yeah i tried to um,
0: find like you know how we find like news coverage i couldn't find anything either man they just I mean, it was
1: just a bunch of youtubers that Went yeah, there. I was listening to a documentary while I was uh shaving last night, you know, but uh it's just amazing that for 42 years, not one viable suspect, but as time passed on, there are some things that have been discovered, of course like Dorney investigation. cops don't do their job correctly, but this is one of those I would say almost, to me, it's as fascinating as the Fanninville Horror or the Murders. Uh-huh. You know, like what the hell happened? So, the Ketty Murders are an unsolved quadruple homicide that occurred over the night of April 11th through the 12th, 1981, in Ketty, California, United States. The victims were Glenn, Glenn, and Susan Sue Sharp, born March 29th, 1945. Her daughter tina louise sharp born july 22nd 1968 son john stephen sharp born november 16, 1965 and john's friend Dana Hall Wingate, born February 8th, 1964. The murders took place in house number 28 of the Keddy Resort. The bodies of Wingate and Sue and John Sharp were found on the morning of April 12th by Sue's 14-year-old daughter, Sheila, who had been sleeping at a friend's house. Sue's two younger sons, Rick and Greg, as well as their friend Justin Smart, were also in the house but were unharmed. Red flag. They're in the house, but they're unharmed. Pina was missing from the scene. Tina remained a missing person until April 1984 when her skull and several other bones were recovered at Camp 18, California, near Feather Falls in Butte County. Multiple leads and suspects were examined in the intervening years, but no charges were filed. Several new leads were announced in the 21st century, including discovery of a hammer in a pond in 2016 and discovery of new DNA evidence. All
0: right. So to back up here. The bodies of Wingate, which was the friend, mm-hmm. the mother and father. No, the, the, uh, the mother, mother and son.
1: son. Yes.
0: So we got three bodies found by a 14-year-old girl. Right. But Sue's so two younger sons, Rick and Greg, as well as another friend, were also in the house but were unharmed. So it was mm-hmm. three people
1: missed that three people got killed. Right. Okay. Yeah. I just need to catch up
0: when I'm reading. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. So we're getting a little bit of background. So in July nineteen seventy nine, hey, that was two months before I was born. Three months before I was born. Uh Glenn Glen is Susan Sue Sharp. Uh, along with her five children, left her home in Connecticut after separating from her husband, James Sharp. They relocated to Northern California where Sue's brother, Don, lived. Upon arriving in California, she rented a small trailer formerly occupied by her brother at the Claremont Trailer Village in Quincy. The following fall, she moved to house number 28 in the rural Sierra Nevada railroad town of Ketty. The house was much larger than the trailer and had become available when Plumas County Sheriff Sylvester Douglas Thomas vacated the property. She resided there with her 15-year-old son, John, 14-year-old daughter, Sheila, 12-year-old daughter, Tina, and two younger sons, Rick and Greg. On April 11, 1981, at around 1130 a.m., Sue, Sheila, and Greg drove from the residence of their friend's the Meeks family to retrieve Rick, who was attending baseball tryouts at Ganser Field in Quincy. They happened upon John and his friend Dana Hall Wingate hitchhiking at the mouth of the canyon from Quincy to Ketty and then drove them about six miles away to Ketty. Two hours later, at around 3.30 p.m., John and Dana hitchhiked back to Quincy, where they may have had plans to visit friends. Around this time, the boys were seen in the city's downtown area. That same evening, Sheila had plans to spend the night with the Seabolt family, who lived in adjacent number 27, while Sue remained at home with Rick, Greg, and the boy's young friend, Justin Smart. Sheila departed House 28 shortly after 8 p.m. to sleep at the Seabolt's. Tina, who had been watching television at the Seabolt residence, returned to 28 after asking what time it was at 9.30 At approximately 8 a.m. on the morning of April 12th, Sheila returned to number 28 and discovered the dead bodies of Sue, John, and Dana in the house living room. All three had been bound with medical tape and electrical cords. Tina was absent from the home while the three younger children, Rick, Greg, and Justin were found physically unharmed in an adjacent room. Initial reports stated that the three young boys had slept through the incident. Although this was later contradicted upon arriving Upon discovering this scene, Sheila rushed back to the Seabolt's house, and Jamie Seabolt retrieved Rick, Greg, and Justin through the bedroom window. He later admitted to having briefly entered a home through the back door to see if anyone was still alive, potentially contaminating evidence in the process. The murders of Sue, John, and Dana were especially vicious. Two bloody knives and one hammer were found at the scene, and one of the knives, a steak knife later determined to have been used in the murders, had been bent at roughly 30 degrees. Blood spatter evidence from inside the house indicated that the murders had all taken place in the living room. Sue was discovered lying on her side near the living room sofa, nude from the waist down and gagged with a blue bandana and her own underwear, which had been secured with tape. She had been stabbed in the chest and her throat was stabbed horizontally, the wound passing through her larynx and nicking her spine. And on the side of her head was an imprint matching the butt of a Daisy 880 Powerline BB pelt, pelt rifle. John's throat was slashed. Dana had multiple head injuries and had been manually strangled to death. John and Dana suffered blunt force trauma to their heads caused by one or more hammers. Autopsy Autopsy determined that Sue and John died from the knife wounds and blunt force drama, and Dana died by asphyxiation. Sheila and the Seabolt family with whom Sheila had spent the night in the neighboring home, heard no commotion during the night. Again, gruesome murders and you don't hear anything. and they're they're adjacent. The house is not too far, you know. Uh, a couple. Living in the nearby house number 16 was awakened at 1.15 a.m. by what sounded like muffled screaming. Tina's jacket, shoes, and a toolbox containing various tools were missing from the house, which showed no indication of forced entry. The house's telephone had been taken off the hook and the cord cut from the outlet and the drapes were closed. Martin Smart, a neighbor and main suspect, claimed that a claw hammer had inexplicably gone missing from his home. Plumas County Sheriff Sylvester Thomas, who presided over the case, later stated that Martin had provided endless clues in the case that seemed to throw the suspicion away from him. In addition to interviewing the smarts, detectives interviewed numerous other locals and neighbors, several, including members of the Seabolt family, recalls seeing a green van parked at the Sharps' house at around 9 p.m. Justin offered conflicting stories of the evening and stated that he had dreamed details of the murders, although he later claimed to have actually witnessed them. In his later account of events, told under hypnosis, he claimed to have awoke to sounds coming from the living room while asleep in the bedroom with Rick and Greg. Investigating these sounds, he saw Sue with two men, one with a mustache and short hair, the other clean-shaven with long hair. Both wore glasses. According to Justin, John and Dana then entered the home and began heatedly arguing with the men. A fight ensued, after which Tim, Tina entered the room and was taken out of the cabin's back door by one of the men. Based on Justin's descriptions, composite sketches of the two unknown men were produced by Harlan Embry. Okay, now if you look at these <laughs> how much does
0: the dude on the right look like richard from boardwalk empire
1: (laughs) so when i was listening to the one documentary um the local police used a amateur artist when they had the fbi at their disposal who offered one of their sketch artists
0: Oh, what do we need that for
1: (laughs) i love it uh, based on Justin's descriptions, composite sketches of the two unknown men were produced by Harlan Embry, a man with no artistic ability and no training in forensic sketching. It was never explained why, with access to the Justice Apartments and the Federal Bureau of Investigation's top forensic artists, law enforcement chose to use an amateur who sometimes volunteered to help local police. In press releases accompanying the sketches, the suspects are described as in their late to early 30s, one stood between 5 feet 11 inches to 6 feet 2 inches, tall with dark blonde hair, and the other between 5 feet 6 inches to 5 feet 10 inches with black greased hair. Both wore gold-framed sunglasses. Rumors regarding the crimes being ritualistic or motivated by drug trafficking were dismissed by Plumas County Sheriff Doug Thomas, who stated in the week following the murders that neither drug paraphernalia nor illegal drugs were found in the home. At about About 4,000 man hours were spent working the case, which Thomas described as frustrating. Tina's disappearance was initially investigated by the FBI as a possible abduction, although it was reported on April 29, 1981, that the FBI had backed off the search as the California State Department of Justice was doing an quote-unquote adequate job and made the FBI's presence unnecessary. A grid pattern search of the area covering a five-mile radius around the house was conducted with police canines, but the efforts were fruitless. On April 22, 1984, a bottle collector discovered the cranium portion of a human skull and part of a mandible at Camp 18 near Feather Falls in neighboring Butte County, roughly 100 miles from Ketty. The remains were confirmed by a forensic pathologist to be those of Tina in June 1984, Near the remains, detectives also discovered a blue nylon jacket, a blanket, a pair of Levi Strauss jeans with a missing back pocket, and an empty medical tape dispenser. Shortly after announcing the discovery, the Butte County Sheriff's Office received an anonymous call that identified the remains as belonging to Tina, but the call was not documented. A tape containing a recording of the call was found at the bottom of an evidence box at some point after 2013 by a deputy who was assigned to the case. It's a mishandling of uh, evidence right there. The house in which the murders occurred was demolished in 2004. In a 2008 documentary on the murders, Marilyn Smart claimed that she suspected her husband, Martin, and his friends, John Bo Bubetti, were responsible for the murders. Marilyn claimed that on the evening of April 11, 1981, she had left Martin and Bubetti at a local bar around 11 p.m. and returned home to sleep. She stated that she had awoken approximately 2 a.m. on April 12th to find the two men burning an unknown item in the wood stove. Additionally, she alleged that Martin hated Johnny Sharp with a passion. However, in the 2008 documentary, Sheriff Doug Thomas said that he had interviewed Martin, who passed a polygraph examination.
0: Well, idiots pass polygraph examinations because they're idiots. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Joe Bob over here. <laughs>
1: So according to a 2016 article published by the Sacramento Bee, Martin had left Ketty and driven to Reno, Nevada, shortly after the murders. While there, he sent a letter to Marilyn ruminating on personal struggles in their marriage, which he concluded by stating, I've paid the price of your love, and now I've bought it with four people's lives. In a 2016 interview... Gamberg stated that the letter was overlooked in the initial investigation and was never admitted as evidence. He later criticized the quality of the initial investigation, saying, you could take someone just coming out of the academy and they'd have done a better job. A counselor whom Martin regularly visited also alleged that he had admitted to the murders of Sue and Tina, but claimed, I didn't have anything to do with the boys. He allegedly told the counselor that Tina was killed to prevent her from identifying him as she had witnessed the whole thing. Martin Smart died of cancer in Portland, Oregon, in June 2000. Bubetti, who allegedly had ties to organized crime in Chicago, died there in 1988. In 2013, the Plumas County Sheriff, Greg Hagwood, hired Mike Gamberg as special investigator. Gamberg was a very was a young deputy when the Keddie cabin murders occurred. However, he did not have any involvement in the case at the time. Since his recruitment in 2013, he has made several new discoveries. In 2013, he located the recording of the anonymous 911 phone call that came in after Tina's remains surfaced. Mysteriously, again, the recording was at the bottom of an open evidence box. Gamberg sent the tape to other law enforcement agencies for analysis and possible leads. On March 24th 2016, a hammer matching the description of that which of that which that Martin had claimed to have lost was discovered in a local pond and taken into evidence by Plumas County Special Investigator Mike Gamberg. He stated location. It, stated the location it was found, it would have been intentionally put there. It could have not been accidentally misplaced. Gamberg also stated at the time, six potential suspects were being examined. John Bubetti. So getting back to John Bubetti, um, he had been living at Marty's house. The two had only met weeks before the killings while Bubetti was receiving treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder at a nearby VA hospital. On the night of the Ketty cabin murders, Marilyn... Bubetti or Bo as they called him and Marty had been out together again in a local bar. This is, I got this from another article. So, um, it pretty much this goes into a little bit more detail. So, um, so on the lay of the Ketty cabin murders, uh, Marilyn Bubetti, and Marty had been out to get a local bar. All three returned home later, but Marty and Bo went out again. When they returned to the bar much later, they were wearing suits as if they had spent the evening at a business meeting. One theory is that they really wanted people to notice him. During the interrogation after the murders, Betty told police that he worked as a police officer in Chicago for 18 years. However, this turned out to be untrue. He also exaggerated about how long he had lived in Ketty. Additionally, he said that Marilyn was his niece, which also was false. Some sources claim that Babetti had a crush on Sue, who supposedly rejected him twice. Despite his lies and inconsistencies in his stories, police cleared him as a suspect. Later, investigators learned that Bibetti had a criminal record and was working as an enforcer with the Mafia in Chicago. Investigators believe he was cooperating with the Dep- Department of Justice as an informant. This may be the reason the Department of Justice in Sacramento stepped into the Keddie case early. But curiously, instead of sending homicide detectives, they sent organized crime investigators to Keddie. It is unclear what evidence links Bibetti to the Mafia. Nothing less, it raises many questions. Was this why detectives never adequately investigated Betty. Is this why detectives seem to turn a blind eye to many clues and disregard evidence? Were they protecting their informant? John Bibetti left Ketty after the murders and again returned to Chicago where he died in 88. Then in April, to- 2018, Gamberg matched the DNA from the murder scene to a known living suspect. Since then, no arrests have been made and the names have never been released to the public. Nevertheless, Gamberg says that six people may have been involved. Two suspects, Marty and Bo, died. Of the suspects who were still alive, Gamberg said they better batten down the hatches because we're coming. We're continuing with the investigation and we're doing interviews and we have several persons of interest. The results of the analysis and tests are unknown. As far as the person who gave John and Dana a ride home, Gamberg indicates that he identified a woman and has interviewed her. So I, there has not been any updates on this since at least 2020, 2021. Yeah. I think it was like 2021 uh on the 40th anniversary so i don't know why if they had the dna why are they not releasing it you know like if if they know who it is like they might be waiting
0: for i don't know maybe judge approval shit like that stuff caught up in the paperwork yeah you know
1: so, other theories Gamberg and the owner of Ketty28.com, who goes by the name DMAC, believe that Sue Sharp and Marty Smart were having an affair. Gamberg thinks that at the same time, Sue was counseling Marilyn to leave Marty. DMAC does not agree on this point, but some investigators believe that Marilyn was somehow complicit in the murders. It seems possible that Marilyn learned about an affair between Marty and Sue. The statement from Marty's letter. What else do you want? Sounds like Marty is asking. In addition to what you you already asked for, what more do you want me to do? Marilyn moved out of cabin 26 the day after the murders. Investigators claimed that she was having her own affair at the time. She remarried and is still alive. Sue Sharp's surviving children left California to live with their aunt. Unfortunately, they later went into foster care as their aunt had already had several children and couldn't handle more. Sheila has spoken about the horrific incident in several interviews. She mentioned, however, that she doesn't talk to her brothers about it because she wants to protect them. Relatives of the victims and the public anxiously await the day when investigators bring justice to the killings of Sue, John, Tina, and Dana. Over years, the Keddie Resort fell into disrepair and in 2004 cabin 28 was demolished the entire site was has since been abandoned i wonder if there's any houses there because it used to be like a um a camp yeah and it wasn't doing any business so the owner said you know what i'm just going to convert the cabins into living quarters yeah in the documentary that i was listening they were saying that um one of the murders was a was like a um Was grooming Tina and she was also involved in the murders, but they ended up killing her because they didn't want to, um, again, risk witnesses, yeah. And you know, she was like 12 uh, years old. I think a
0: lot of what they said about Bo, it could be mafia related, and that could very much be, especially if he was turning, Mm
1: -hmm. they will
0: protect the rats.
1: Mm -hmm. to no end
0: because it gets Mm -hmm. the bigger fish Which which has never made sense to me in the hundred years of dealing with this shit of why you let people kill just to get a bigger fish who just yeah tells people to kill you know you know what i mean like i I, like i get it but i don't get it and now you're interrupting and it's not the first murder one that they would interfere Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially the fucking justice department because you know in the '80s, definitely, Chicago was yeah. under attack. New York mm-hmm. was under attack by the fucking <laughs> federal government. Yeah. So the timing matches. I don't know how many mafiosos are named Bo, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? I mean,
1: if he was con- he wasn't deeply connected with a name Bo. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and as as heinous as his crime was, I'm surprised we haven't had like a proper documentary. Come on, Netflix. Yeah. You know, like yeah. this would this would be a good documentary.
0: It might be tough because it's hard to find shit on because apparently the cops didn't even know
1: they had a tape that they had. Yeah. <laughs> Can idiots. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll. I mean, look, look how long it took before we got a Texas, which I still haven't watched a Texas Killing Field documentary. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So um and we're getting the yeah.
0: Menendez brothers soon, right? That's their new monster.
1: Yeah. 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 I was speaking of that, you know, which would be i can't wait uh gypsy rose is being released from prison in december she was the girl that the mom had to buy by uh, munchausen by proxy and kept her sick and then uh, her... yeah yeah she's being released in december and um she's already getting hired for speaking engagements oh my she god is gonna, she is going to make some serious money um that was a great documentary that hbo did and i would i would love to see a follow-up because i mean she's 32 now you know she killed her mom when she was like 18 yeah but um yeah and she's already been married once i think in prison <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was someone who you know while she plotted the murder of her mother i i'm on her side
0: oh i am too I don't yeah. think she should have seen a fucking day in prison because yeah. she was tortured forever.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like, at what point? She quickly turned on her boyfriend now. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> at what point can you not blame him for snapping? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's so stupid. Our justice Did you see department. that
1: Hulu series with uh, Patricia Arquette and Joey King? No. Oh, you got to watch it. It's so good. It's so good. It's like maybe a six parter, but it's so damn good. And I can see, like, why Patricia Arquette, like, won the Emmy, you know, really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah,
0: she's she's a good actress. She's done a yeah. lot of good
1: stuff. Yeah. Oh, I got a new NECA figure. Um, oh, here we go. Yeah, I don't have it by me. But now, did you, uh, it was before, maybe a week or two before um, the Halloween 45th, they announced the NECA figure of Tom Atkins' Halloween 3? Yeah. Okay. Here's the fun part. It was limited edition to the convention. I the think Halloween they were 45, selling,
0: right? Yeah. I yeah. think
1: they had maybe like, I'm not sure how many were made. A thousand, maybe $200. You know, they were selling it for two weeks ago. NECA announced there was, there was actually, uh, was it Sean Clark? Who's his uh, agent and who runs the Halloween yeah. um, convention? He posted a teaser of the Shamrock Coaster, the Silver Shamrock Coaster, autographed by Tom Atkins. Huh. And then, you know, a week later, NECA announced limit, you know, limited run of the Tom Atkins figure from the Halloween 45 with the autographed silver shamrock coaster. <laughs> $75. <laughs> <laughs> so who picked one up this guy <laughs> so it comes, it, it comes with um it's so great it comes with um uh, a can of beer and i'm like man all it needs is just like a pack of cigarettes and that's his character and i said when i go to pose it when i take it i don't know if i'm going to take it out of box i ever did i need to get a bar like a slutty looking barbie dog pair it with him because he was just like a <laughs> ladies man you know but yeah but man were the people who went to the convention pissed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: just, yeah so, man a
0: lot of those exclusives blow up in your fucking face
1: yeah 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 so uh yeah so that's it
0: the Keddy murders the inspiration behind the strangers which is
1: getting a reboot a trilogy too soon for a reboot and another grinds of my gear i like the terrifier series but all these noobs who are jumping on the bandwagon, its art's not the end-all, be-all. Okay? I like Art the Clown. And I like the fact that an independent produ- uh, guy is making money. Like, screw Hollywood, you big studio schmucks. You know? Like, Damien Leone showed that he could, the little man can make money. But goddamn, I'm tired of seeing every goddamn post about Terrifier 3, and it's going to take place during Christmas. Damien Leone should be the next Friday 13th director. No! That's my other uh, thing of the week, you know? I'm tired of every goddamn thing in Friday 13th. Damien Leone, like, it's two different styles. You know? So, Art's a different character than Jason. Yep. Jason doesn't just, like, he doesn't dismember. That was never how he was. Nope. He was like a one and done kill a bag, but I have to admit I am kind of listening like to how the trailer played out. The teaser trailer it sounded pretty good because again they put how many times are we going to have Terrifier come back to the theaters, you know? But they had a teaser trailer for R three and it's going to take place during Christmas. They're going back to the roots of the first ones. What I'm hearing, okay. But how can he go from a really good first one? To like a supernatural second one to going back to your roots, it won't make to me. It doesn't make sense, but maybe it will. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, also, you know, if you are a another podcast page, stop sharing it. You're on the bandwagon. Okay, I'm tired of seeing it. (laughs) So be original. Someone say, "All right." So what we got coming up? I know you're working on JFK because we're getting close to the. 60th anniversary, right?
0: 60th, yeah. Um, A lot of podcasts won't touch it, because they're pussies, but we're going to touch <laughs> it. Uh, Just like we're going to do 9-11 one day.
1: Oh, God, that's so, God, that's so much. I mean, no, I mean, after listening to uh, last podcast on the left...
0: <laughs> well, we're not yeah. going six episodes deep into, <laughs> like, every possible... Speaking of, funny enough, they're doing uh, Madablerie, this. Are they? Yeah, LaLaurie, yeah. Oh, nice. I thought okay. that was funny. A,
1: I'm so far behind on their episodes. I only so I
0: pick ones that I want, like, interested yeah. in. Like, they're yeah, hilarious. They do amazing research, and I love them, but I can only do the ones I'm interested in. Or yeah, I, I can't just do, I like, stop paying shows. attention, and then yeah. I'm like,
1: what yeah. What are they talking about? Yeah. I liked, um, oh, which one did they do? Uh It was like a six-parter. I forget which one it was. It was within the past year. It was so good, though. I forget which one, but yeah, those guys are good. They have such great energy, and they do. Hey, I would be cool to go like see one of their shows.
0: They're fucking quick too, like with the voices and the acting and the like. I want to say some of it's pretty scripted because oh, like, they're yeah. they're too fast with the fucking jokes.
1: Yeah, yeah. but they do yeah. a great job. They they do they do. And that's going to me off now. I can't remember which one it was. I don't remember a six-parter. Oh, it was like yeah. I forget who it was too. It was really good. Yeah, I mean there was a time where I was listening every day to them, like twenty four seven, because they're just, we're that good. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. They're they're
0: yeah. they're really funny, and they yeah. push the barrier of what's okay to say. It's funny, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, I, I listen to them. I've been listening to The Office, ladies. Still, I love The Office. Um, and then uh. New Heights, man. I love Jason Kelsey. He cracks me the fuck up. Dude, this has been my podcast. I don't care about the fucking Kelsey shit. I like Jason better than Travis anyway.
1: Well, Jason's more down to earth. Jason's he's like, us.
0: He's such a fucking idiot.
1: You're the guy next door. <laughs> yeah. Where Travis, you could tell it's a totally different. For like, come on now, look at him.
0: Yeah, I know. Best tight end, probably the history of the NFL, and now he's dealing with this shit. He did it to himself, though
1: hmm it would just be just another notch on her belt
0: <laughs> i don't even look i don't even care all right so yeah we got that coming up we got a couple of filming locations coming up we got to work on that date Um, uh, we got a jfk episode coming i'm running out of time on that i gotta get that
1: done yeah i know it's gonna be like I Guess it's what november 21st is that 22nd the... 22nd okay so if he would be dead by now if he didn't die Right? Yeah, he would be. He'd be yeah. 100, because I think okay, he, yes, he was I'd in his
0: it. 40s in his year or maybe he was in his fifth. He was young,
1: though. I think he was in he his was 40s. 40, yeah, I think he was like 42 or something. Yeah. yeah. So all right, long, I
0: got... Man. When's this going to come out? The 6th? Yeah, I got about a week. Oh, good thing. I'm on vacation. We're good.
1: Oh, there you go. We're good.
0: I could get that all done. I'm going to get the Zabruder film to prove my fucking point. Mm.
1: Yeah, I want to watch JFK soon I great movie. movie i yeah. love
0: kevin costner i will watch him in anything one of his most underrated movies where he's fucking amazing draft day
1: oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. you know it's funny though the 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 lawyer that he portrayed jim garrison yeah he later got kicked off the bench for like taking a bribe or yep. something or something <laughs> yep
0: but he wasn't wrong that whole no. fucking, the whole warren commission was a oh, fucking yeah. joke. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get into that cuz that whole thing pisses me off. <laughs> so before we do, let's do a teaser. Who do you think killed Kennedy? <laughs>
1: the CIA. Okay. You know, I think it was a, I think it was a uh it was a uh collective. I think the CIA and the mob worked together.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And and of course, you know, um which McCall Oswald was, he was a patsy.
0: I get like, there's just so, it's it's just like, there's so much more evidence against Oswald being the killer than there is evidence of Oswald even being able to pull out his dick and take a piss. The yeah. guy was a fucking idiot.
1: Yeah, you know, like, I was watching, there's this guy on TikTok that I, I follow, and sometimes I'll see his videos, and he was releasing a lot of stuff because, you know, going to be, like, the 60th anniversary, yeah. but the famous scene where he gets shot, yeah. um, when he's coming into the garage, they did it in slow motion, and you see Oswald looking over at Ruby, like, what are you doing here? Yep. You know, so... Um, you he, knew why did, he was there? Didn't he, like, have... Now, he just had a gun. It wasn't hidden in the camera or anything, right? He didn't, like, hide it. Like, he just had it, like, on him. I think like, he just
0: had it on. It was Texas. Yeah. You're allowed to have yeah. it on you.
1: True, true. Yeah, you know what movie I want to... I've I've never seen, but I've always wanted to watch, was Ruby, where I think it was Danny Aiello played Ruby. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Danny DeVito actually directed it, if I'm not mistaken. But... Uh, yeah, I haven't seen um, it in such a long time. I and then I watched uh, the Parkland movie, which was okay. It was kind of boring, but um, a, a good uh, limited series on Hulu was uh, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Yeah. Which that was a, the book was great. You know, when I got Hulu, I watched that, and it was really good because it makes you wonder if JFK didn't die, where would we be today as a country?
0: You know. Um, he would have died a week later. That man wasn't making it out of the White House. Yeah, it's just, it just
1: makes, just makes you wonder
0: the the amount of hate in the country at that time and what he was trying to get behind. If it wasn't the our choices, it would have been another group. Yeah,
1: and it sucks. But that, ho- but that whole family was corrupt. And, well, Joe Kennedy was corrupt. Oh, so. they were all.
0: They yeah. it's how Kennedy got to the White House was Joe Kennedy. Yeah, and fucking and you,
1: Chicago. Did you ever see the one um, that was uh, about Ted and the car accident? No, Chippewa or whatever it was called. <laughs> That's a great movie. Um, uh, what's the guy's name? Um, he was the farmer and Babe. He was the bad lieutenant in um, uh, L.A. Confidential. Jamie Kennedy. He played Joe Kennedy, and he was good. <laughs> yeah it was. that's a good movie Chappaquiddick you have to watch that Chappaquiddick yeah that's a great movie it was like an independent film it came out a couple years ago very good movie
0: I remember the title because it's fucking weird
1: <sighs> yeah yeah and Ted you're a pussy too I'm sorry hey, yeah piece of shit you know he uh, kills a woman and he's in congress for almost, until the day he dies <sighs> another problem
0: with this country man is like there's no term for regular people no. like have a fucking term how hard is this? Yeah. Then you get to be a career politician when you do absolutely fucking nothing for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. Guys, thanks for stopping by. We have a lot more content coming. This has been the Horror Shed Podcast. We'll see you next Monday. How we enhance Productions production